The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Welcome to Foul Tips, the all-baseball edition of the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Listen in as Brent gives his views on the world of baseball, from the big leagues to the minor leagues to Little League. Foul Tips is also home to the Rick Award, and we are part of the Belly Up Network. So sit back, grab a beer, and let's get into it. You listen to Foul Tips, the all-baseball edition of the 1420 podcast for this uh, 27th day of, Jan- of January. Uh, this, today's show is brought to you by Collectible Exchange at collectibleexchange.com. Use promo code 1420CX for all of your sports memorabilia and collectibles at collectibleexchange.com. And do I get tired of saying that stuff. Anyways, joined today by Adam Kowalski of the, uh, the Harper College, assistant coach of uh, the Harper College Hawks of the North Central Community College Conference. Did I get that all right there, Adam? Yes, you did. Like, there's so many of those leagues down there. I don't know which one's which and what division. And the, it, it get, How do you guys keep track of all that? Just divisions, uh, regions. Regions really matter more than the division and the conference, honestly. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny to, to, like, we're doing this over Zoom. People who listen to the, the podcast here, uh, he's got more Canadian in his background. I got a bunch of Yankee stuff in mind. He's got old Dutch chips, Tim Hortons, a Riders cap, and then a Swift Current Fifty Sevens hat back there. Uh, he's got uh, more Canadian stuff than I do in my whole basement. So that's kind of a uh, uh, to, to tip of the hat to your time in Swift Current last summer. Yeah, absolutely. Had a great time out there. Um, yeah, had a great time. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the baseball stuff, what are your Hawks doing winning a hockey game last night, beating the Flames uh, senseless last night, 5-1, uh, 7-3-0 in their last 10? They better quit winning hockey games. Before you know it, they'll think they're a hockey team and uh, get out get out of the uh, Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Oh, don't even get me started about that. I think they just lucked into that one. Um, they tend to do that sometimes, but uh, I mean, it was a good hockey game for a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, crazy how the, the Hawks can do that. Like, well, hockey's a ridiculous. The Flames got their own problems uh, down there. Anyways, uh, you're from the Chicago area. When you were growing up, were you a uh, White Sox guy or a Cubs guy? I was a big White Sox guy, although I grew up in Cubs territory. So every time I went to a school function or any time, like, the White Sox were doing well, I was one of the only people in my school wearing, like, White Sox gear talking about the White Sox, how good they are, and it's just, you know, just just dunking on everybody. Um, fortunately, the Cubs have had a little bit more success as of late, which, hey, kudos to you. We're older now, but... Uh, it took 100 years, but yeah. It's, it took them a while. The uh, the Cubs, it must have been crazy in 2016 in Chicago when the uh, the Cubs finally won that World Series. It must have been, like, even though, though a, uh, you're a White Sox guy, uh, was there... Did you feel, like, was there... Hey, way to go, Cubs! Or were you like, Fuck, I wish they would have lost? Because I like, I liked that World Series. I thought it was great to watch and the, the whole bit. But my heart of hearts, I kind of want those teams that lose all the time to continue to lose because it, it's a good conversation to have. When when they won, did you like? Were you like? What was your feelings deep down inside? A little bit of both. So a little bit. I mean, throughout the entire playoffs, it's just like, man, why do the Cubs keep winning? Oh, they're going to run into San, San Francisco. Oh, what? They just beat the crap out of them? Like, what? You know, now it's like, what? They're in the World Series now? Well, they're playing the Cleveland Guardians now. So it's like, you know, I don't know who to root for. I might as well root for the Cubs. But, um, yeah, when they finally won it all, I remember specifically where I was at 
I was in Indiana. I was in the uh, dorm. Uh, I was in our dorms building in the main foyer area, and everybody was going nuts. Um, so, it, and honestly, it's good for the city of Chicago. You know, anytime one of our teams wins this championship, I know the Blackhawks have had a lot of success, you know, in the early 2010s, you know, with the Cubs, even the White Sox getting the ball rolling back in 2005, still the best World Series team ever. Don't even, don't, don't even try to say otherwise. I won't try to convince you otherwise, but there was a couple of Yankee teams that were all right, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, it's crazy how that can bring a city together, and you can kind of put everybody's uh, like winning, winning uh, just solves a lot of problems. Uh, you, you're two-time varsity uh, letterman at your at your high school. Were you always just a pitcher? Did you get to hit a little bit once in a while too? Because you're a big guy, six four. You're a big guy. Did you ever uh, get a chance to swing the bat, or were you just a pitcher the entire time? So, I was always a pitcher. I was a pitcher. Um, I was found I was going to be a pitcher only in my sophomore year of high school. I was actually taking hit uh, hacks in the cage. Varsity coach was like, "What's going on? Like, what what are you doing here? Like, well, why why are you taking the swings? Like, you're you're going to be a pitcher for us. Like, like, okay, I'm not gonna fight it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna fight it. And at the time, I was I was like six foot, maybe 170 pounds. So I wasn't even like I was very skinny back in high school. This this isn't me. This is who I always been. I was always a skinny kid in high school. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, hit for average, net for power, had a good arm. That was just about everything. I couldn't run. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're not hitting. Exactly. Yeah, just, yeah, because I, I was the same way. I've been the same height since I think I was 13 or 14 years old. I haven't, I've been 6'2 forever. And I just, uh, one, at one point, I have an old hockey program. I was about 6'2, 145 pounds. I think they lied about how much I weighed because I, I didn't even weigh, weigh that much back then. It was kind of a funny thing. Uh, you get into pitching and you, you have a pretty, pretty good high school career. At what point do you think, I'm going to try to make a go of this thing? Did, did you know you had a, a bit of an arm? You could maybe play, play college baseball because it's, it's a tough thing to do no matter what. Like, there's a lot of teams and everything but at what point did you know that you could uh maybe go and play play some college baseball maybe make a run at this thing so it wasn't until the winter going into my senior high school did the idea ever get floated hey like do you want to play college baseball um you know you've got the ability at least as a pitcher to be able to do so um so i literally i never considered it before because it was just kind of like you know, I was just kind of, I mean, I was hoping, you know, I was like every other kid, I was hoping to go D1 and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, that'd be a good idea. So do a showcase, um, had a few division three schools, um, contact me straight out. And then, um, it wasn't, it was like my senior night when I committed to a division three school, uh, North Park university. And then it was like, I kind of realized very quickly once I got to, um, even division three ball, like it's still very good baseball. Oh yeah. And you're, you're up against like 21 year olds, 22 year olds, guys who have came back from injury guys who are most, the most physically gifted guys out there. Division one kickbacks, you've got division two kickbacks. Those I realized very quickly, if I were to ever like really get good at this thing, I'm going to have to really get after it. <laughs> and then, um, Yeah. Did you play any other sports in high school? I know like now kids, it seems, uh, I mean, you're not, you're not an old guy by any means, but it seems a lot now that kids specialize in one 
and that's it because there isn't really time to, to do anything else. And if you're going to be uh, if you're going to be any good, you, you can only play the one the one sport nowadays. It seems like more and more every year. It's just like I, you, there's all these hit, the hitting clinics and the throwing clinics and and on and on going on. Like it's it's it seems like you only have time for the one sport now. Did you play any other sports when you were growing up in high school? Yes, I did. Um, so up until my sophomore year of high school, I played basketball in the winter, and then in the fall the only time I didn't play football in the fall was in my junior high school but I played football throughout high school basically do you, do you like when you get your kids to Harper now and, and you're recruiting athletes and you're going and recruiting kids to, to play and, and the like do you do you do you focus? Do you just try to get athletes, and you get guys that might play other sports, or do you, or do you try to just focus on uh, guys who play baseball? Because sometimes the guys who play baseball might be a little bit better, but sometimes if you get athletes, I this is my own personal opinion. Sometimes if you get athletes and you can teach them a little bit more, and they're not just focused on 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 the one sport, sometimes they can turn out to be better better baseball players or hockey players or whatever it may be. Do you, like, like when you guys go out and recruit and you start looking at kids, do you, do you look at them and say, okay, he's a he's just a baseball player. This is good as he's going to get so we tend to look a lot more at the you know all-around athletes so you know we'll get the guys who have played football guys who have played basketball guys who have played you know soccer we had a couple guys who played soccer and so really that I'm sure that's what a lot of college coaches really look for it and the reason why we look for a lot of like multi-sport athletes is because the biggest separator for a lot of college athletes is overall athleticism. So if you were able to even remotely play a certain sport or other sports pretty well, you do have a spot in baseball. You do have, you know, that baseline general athletic ability that we can work with. No, I, yeah, that's a hundred percent. You get guys that just, they're, they're baseball players. Like I said, this is as good as they're going to get because they, they've specialized in one thing and they're only, they're at, they're only at this level. And that's as far as, not as far as they're going to, everybody improves every day. But sometimes you look at a kid and you go, you should be better. And you're not like you, you like, why aren't you better? Cause this is all you're, you're doing. And these other guys are doing different things and they find that they can, uh, you, can you find that they can be a better player. Uh, you mentioned North park university. Uh, and like, and like you said, you, you go, oh, geez, these guys are pretty good. Uh, did you know going in that you weren't going to get a whole bunch of playing time? I kind of realized that uh, my first fall, um, my first fall season, um, you know, just kind of like seeing like the overall type of guys we had in that team. We had, you know, we had guys returning from, uh, had, we had guys returning from winning back-to-back conference championships, guys who went on and played, re, you know, against regional opponents. And so it was like, for me, it was just like, okay, like I was probably the biggest fish in my pond. Here I am jumping into essentially Lake Michigan. Yeah. So it's two very different experiences that, you know, and, and I, you know, it's something I get with, um, it's something I try to level with, with the younger guys. Like, Hey, like you were probably a big fish in your area. This is a much bigger thing. Like you're playing up against much better competition, you know, especially with guys who have had an extra two years to get development in, which is absolutely crazy to think, yeah. you know, not too often, these days, do you see like a 21 year old sophomore or something like that? And it's like, it's, it's just absolutely incredible to see how college baseball has 
gotten better because of it. Yeah, like that last fall when the, the uh, WCBL season got done, they basically jumped right into uh, call, uh, fall ball for college here, and they had some split, 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 split squads and alike, and there's, like you said, there's a couple of young kids, 17, 18 years old, who are coming out of wherever land, Alberta, and uh, they thought they were something else, and you could kind of, like as an umpire, you kind of go, oh, this kid's in for rude awakening, and this kid, like a lot of these kids think that they're something else, and then the first pitch goes by, and they're like, Oh, this is different, and they and they see it a lot differently and, and quickly. Like, and there's some kids they they uh, they lose their confidence rather quickly if they're not uh, coached the right way and everything else. If they're they're expecting to do too much, it's uh, it's as an umpire, like I don't care who strikes out or who gets a hit, but it's funny to see some of these kids who think that they're the cock of the walk, and then all of a sudden, oh, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, 2016, you decide to go to Harper College, where you are now. How did you make that move, and like, how does that transition go? Like, how do like that's one thing I don't understand. Now you got the transfer portal and that whole thing, but that, that, that's a whole other story for another day. That is, but how do you do you go from one school to another? And was it just a decision? I I, I need to play more. I gotta I gotta I gotta yeah I, I gotta play more. So I'm not gonna get better. So for me, um, unfortunately, I didn't take my grades or my academics too you know that seriously as seriously as I really should have. Yeah. Um, my first three semesters at North Park, and so I ended up transferring to Harper. And now I'm having to play catch up that whole. So that whole like second year, I didn't even like touch baseball because I was more preoccupied with, I need to get back on track academically. Um, I'm probably not going to be able to play. I don't know where I'm going to go. Um, Harper, you know, is literally in my backyard. So it, you know, it always was kind of like that option back your head, you know, thinking like, Hey, I could always go to Harper. I could always go to, you know, junior college. Um, back home relatively cheap and so I did that for a semester played in men's league uh over the summer of 2015 yeah it was 2015 and then I was like you know what I still I still got a little bit so I decided to try out 20 uh 2015 and I joined the team uh that fall so and then yeah I just got back on track academically that's re- it's really what I needed to come back, you know, to go from a four-year transfer to junior college, which, I mean, it's a free transfer. You don't have to go to a portal or anything like that. You just have to notify your coach, you know, if you're on scholarship, hey, um, I'm going to be transferring to, you know, this, this college right here, this community college. Usually they'll sign off on it. just depends on, you know, how that goes, that conversation goes because yeah. – <laughs> it just depends how that comes Listen here, you little prick. We committed to you, and now you're leaving? Yeah, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, it's one of those situations you could come up. You, you pitched three uh, complete – I did some, some homework on this one. You had three complete games. That's something you don't see very often anymore at all, no matter how many innings a baseball game is. Even if a game's five innings, they don't let kids throw five innings anymore. Uh is that something that you kind of took some pride in by throwing complete games? And cause I, I I've always been a thing like Nolan Ryan threw a lot and his, his arm got like, he's a freak of nature, obviously, but he threw a lot and his, his regimen was different. Uh, I've always been, been a thing. If you throw lots, your, your arms are going to get stronger. I mean, don't go to, to point and get damaged, but uh, do you find it weird now that there's such a, a, a pitch limit to pitchers to, to kids nowadays? Not quite because I mean, all, all of it, you know, all of it makes sense in the sense of, um, for your longevity. Um, so I threw a few complete games, um, 
Cleveland one of the best games I ever pitched in my life. And ever since that moment, I was trying to recreate that game. Yeah. And it was, um, but like, I, you know, I understand the importance, you know, I get the importance of pitch counts because at the end of the day, what we do, especially at the, you know, at the college summer league level too, what we're doing is essentially releasing players from other schools. And, you know, if they come back damaged goods or if they come back, you know, banged up and they're all, you know, coaches like, what the heck, you know, what the heck I sent you guys, sent you him healthy. And it's like, what are you guys doing over there? Like yeah. what, like, what did you guys do to him? hundred percent. So, like I, I agree with that hundred percent that during the summer where those games, I mean, I, I don't want to say that they don't matter, but they don't matter a whole bunch because they're they're competitive enough, and you, you want to win, you want to lose, you want to compete. But at the end of the day, those kids are, are on loan to that town for for the summer, and it's, it's a loaner system, and uh, you can't uh, send like you can't send them back damaged goods. I I fully understand that. Like that that's uh, I, I hate to break it to the hearts of the uh, the fans and all these summer leagues that are right across Canada, and the United States, but in general, the kids don't care a whole bunch about the uh, at the end of the season about their wins and losses. They want to get out, get some at bats, throw, throw some pitches, and it's uh, it's one of those things where the fans think that the kids are a hundred percent on board, but they're more on board for for their college team uh, in the fall and then on to the spring for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, as as I'm sure you saw, like as soon as like you know. First week of August hit, you know, all of a sudden you're starting to see teams running skeleton crews out there. Oh, you're, yeah. you're seeing a lot more position players being pitched out there. Now it's like, oh, my goodness, like what happened to everybody? And, you know, that that's the reality of, you know, college baseball. That's especially in the States. That's the reality of college baseball because what we do, we are, you know, in season essentially from August until May. Yeah. You know, with, you know, technically breaks in November and, you know, between November and, you know, winter break for us. So essentially it's a year round thing for us. And for guys that, you know, for a lot of guys that are playing, they're playing, you know, some guys are playing 50 some odd games, you know, so I, I know the NAI does it. I know junior college allows it up to that much. Um, trying to recall. So division two, division division three is like forty games. Division two is roughly the same. Yeah. So essentially, you know, you've got guys. You know, when you when you add in all these, you know, summer league games, you know, it, it really starts to add up the work for these guys. And so, that in mind, that's why pitch counts are such a big thing. It's to it's for mostly for longevity. A lot of these guys want to go on and play pro ball. A lot of these guys want to go on, you know, without any long-term injuries because anything, you know, long-term injuries suck. Um, thankfully I was able to avoid one. I don't know how I did, but <laughs> I did. It's a, I mean, I took relatively good care of myself for the most part, but um, you know, some, some, some of my former teammates, some of my former, you know, they weren't so lucky. And some of them even got injured during summer ball. So it's like, and we, we don't, you know, it's like, you don't ever, we don't really ever blame somebody for, you know, an injury happening. It's mostly viewed as a freak occurrence, but you look at the workload, you, you know, you take the workload into account, not just on days that they're pitching, but like 
on days they're throwing bullpens, on days they're warming up, on days that, you know, they want to go high intensity. So, you know, there's a lot to consider and a lot to keep track of. And it can all, it can all add up for some people. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Like, you you played summer ball uh, in this, the Saginaw Sugar Beats of all things. That's quite the name. Those those names that those, some of those teams gotten around those leagues all over the states, I think they're fantastic. What was your experience like playing summer ball in Saginaw? Oh, it was incredible. Um, so, I was – so, it was after my junior year of college, and I get a phone call from, um, from the head coach, Kyle Floyd, um, hey, like we need some arms. Like, would you be interested? Yeah, fill out player info, all that stuff. Next thing I know, about two days later, I'm driving up to Saginaw for a 12 a.m. or a 12 p.m. start game uh, over at Saginaw Valley State. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, it, it was a great experience. Um, you know, re- really had really had the time. You know, those those types of summer leagues, like whether it be the Great Lakes League, whether it be the WCBL. The, you know, WCL, the Northwoods, you know, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever summer league it is like summer baseball is awesome for not only just the players, like the guys that actually like take it seriously as you, Hey, like I get to be in front of scouts. I get to be in front of fans. You That's know, the big that one. Aren't just, that yeah. aren't just my parents. You know, so parents like, and girlfriends show up to college games. And that's <laughs> it. Like around, around here in Lethbridge, we got the uh, the PBA, and uh, they like most of the time there isn't there isn't. It's cold. Um, like when we start playing games in March, and then it, uh, it there's there's nobody there. Like parents aren't even coming. And then the season's done first of May or or end of May, and then that's it. So most of the kids don't play in front of don't get to play in front of uh, fans. And and when you get to be in front of like in, in Okotoks, like the last summer when there's when there's four thousand people or in medicine hat where they get close to 2000 it's it's something that the kids said they, they really like what's were the, were the crowds pretty big in uh in saginaw uh so the game so we got to play a few games over at uh dow diamond which is the high which is the home of the high uh dodgers uh the great lakes loons okay those games we drew pretty well um those games really really kind of amp things up because you're playing in a pro stadium you know, you got a big video board, you got, you know, you got the radar gun there. So everybody's peeking. Yeah. Guilty. Um, but, you know, we did play at like a small high school. We had a pretty good crowd there. It was probably a couple hundred. Um, same thing over at Saginaw Valley State, a couple hundred. But, I mean, you know, we, we go out to Lima, Ohio you know, play essentially the team, you know, they're basically the Yankees of the Great Lakes League. So, you know, there, there's championship expectations there. They got a packed house every night. I mean, it's a madhouse there. It is absolutely just nuts. I love it. That's great. Every time they score, it's a loud train horn that blares every time. So they have a little promotion that runs. So now they run beer batters. Um but they also run a promotion where if Lima Locos pitchers strike out 13 players, everybody in the stadium gets a free pizza. Wow. <laughs> so as you can imagine, and oh, this is a fun, this is a fun little story. Uh, so we had a guy who was both beer batter and who was going to be number 13 that night. <laughs> of course. So as you can, so as you can imagine, people realize who's up right now. They're like, Oh no. 
like they're like they're just like cheering they're yeah. chirping him hard they're riding him strike one crowd goes nuts strike two and you just like you just feel just like tension building it's about ready to explode like everybody is just like come on just strike out already yeah. and it's just like do the right thing that's great and ball one ball two Oh, come on! Next thing you know, swinging this whole place erupts. Whole place erupts. You know, the train horns blaring. I mean, it was That's just... Great. Oh, my goodness. As, it, as, an, <laughs> as an umpire, I, like, if he misses, if he whiffs on the first two... I'm that's that strike zone's getting big. I said, watch this. You better you you're even when he comes up to bat. I said, you know what's going what's happening here, right? What's it to you? Like you strike out whatever, Lee. Who cares? Like in the big most kids strike out so much nowadays, anyways. It, it it doesn't doesn't much matter. But yeah, that that that's a cool story. Those leagues are great. Uh, they're they're so much fun. And people who don't uh, don't go to games more often. I don't. Uh, and they say they're baseball fans. Go to these games because they're they're fun. The kid the, the people like they compete. Uh, they're having a good time. And and like you said, a lot of these kids they. Uh, they're playing in front of crowds for the first time of, of any of any size or, or shape. Uh, Indiana Tech, what was what yours like there? It was an incredible experience. Um, you know, I mean, I always con- kind of consider Fort Wayne, Indiana, like my second home. Um, I was baptized there as a little kid. I, my parents or my mom grew up there. So a lot of family friends are from the Fort Wayne area. And so when they found out I was coming to Fort Wayne, it was like a big homecoming, you know, when I, when I did finally move on campus and all that stuff for the, for some family friends. So it was a good experience. Um, You know, getting to play for a team that like we, so best way to describe our team, just a bunch of blue collar boys, you know, we grinded out at bats. We, would lay down bunts. We would, you know, try to steal every run that we could. Um, Pitching-wise, it was, you know, spotting things up. It was, you know, being an artist with your pitches and all that type of stuff. I never was an artist. I was just rip and rip. Just throw it. <laughs> just throw it. But um, getting to go to a couple of uh, – so all three years I was there, we went to the opening round of um, Nationals. Oh, um Yep. Uh, 2017-18 season, we won the conference regular season. We were runner-ups in our tournament. Um, ran to an absolute buzzsaw of a opening round that year. And then 2018-19, it was just one of those years like, I'm feel, you know, I'd say our best team we had was the 2016-17 team. But the 18-19 team is a team that went to the World Series in Lewis and Idaho. And actually, that's where we met up uh, with uh, Mitch over at uh, Bellevue. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, that that place in its own is an experience. So, I mean, <laughs> well, it's not to say we had the eight o'clock, we had the eight thirty in the morning game, first game of the World Series against Bellevue. Yeah. And there's about two thousand people there. So as you can imagine, for a lot of our guys, you know, for just about every single one of us, it's the first time we play in front of 2,000. Yeah. So there's a little bit of like, you know, 
you know, kind of like nerves. We had some, we had some misplays on routine plays because, oh my gosh, like, you know, there's a crowd here. There's a crowd watching. It's like, I got to do something spectacular. Yeah. Like once we settled in, once we started playing our game, that's when we played our best baseball. Uh, we ended up walking off on them. So that was a fun. It's amazing fun how experience. the bites, the old butthole can clench up a little bit when you, there's a few people watching. <laughs> it's like being on the first tee with a, with a, with a new group. And like, Oh Jesus, this isn't going to turn out very well. And you, and you talk yourself out of things when you get in front of people like that. Uh, your playing career comes to an end. And like all players, you end up being coaches. It's just the way it's just the, the circle of life in the game of baseball. Uh, how did you get into the coaching business and where was your first stop? So, I got in the coaching business. It was actually, so it was the day we got eliminated uh, from the NAI World Series um, against Southeastern. Absolute heartbreaker of a game. I, every time they tweet out promotion about like, every time they tweet out promotion about Lewison and they feature our best reliever getting absolutely golfed over the, you know, with a literal wall scraper yeah. to tie the game with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Oh, or top of the ninth, like yeah. it hurts. It hurt. Every time I see them, like, why do you do this to me? Still irks you a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it haunts my dreams. But um, I get so I get a text from uh, my summer ball GM in Saginaw, actually. Uh, he's a Saginaw Valley State alumni. He's like, hey, how would you like to get into college coaching? I'm like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Just like I that. am in. <laughs> I'm in. Well, at the time, I was in the middle of hiring, or I was in the middle of an interview process with the Fort Wayne Police Department, um, criminal justice major. So naturally, I wanted to go into policing, you know, community stuff. And you just I know where this opportunity comes. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. So at the next interview I had, I'm like, hey, I'm going to um, pull my name out of this. Like, I was offered an opportunity to do something that I've always wanted to do, something I've always wanted to give a try at. And the way I view coaching, you know, the way I view this, it's like if I had not said yes or if I had not agreed to do so, I probably would be, you know, sitting here right now or I'd probably sitting somewhere else right now just kind of like, man, really wish I got into coaching. Really wish I had, you know, stayed in the game a little bit longer. Wish I had done a little bit more with the game, not just kind of like, yeah, just hang it up. So, um, so I ended up going to uh, Saginaw Valley State uh, University in Saginaw, Michigan, of all places. So there you it's go. coming full circle. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, um, like how people like you, you can't like you can't play forever, and it's it's and people who uh, like you run out. I say it to a bunch of people like in Lee, I don't know where I came up with, but you, you eventually you just run out of games, right? And you, you don't take advantage of it, and you, and you go, well, what if, what if? But if you're given a chance to do an if, you should you should always take it, whether it be coaching, umpire, and playing, whatever you can do to stay around whatever sport you enjoy. Because uh, like I said, you, eventually you just run out of games, and you can't play forever. And if you find a way to be, be involved in something that you love, you should always take give it a shot. Like that, that's the biggest thing is give it a shot. Cause if it, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but then you don't look back 20 years and say, man, did, oh, I wish I would have done this or done that differently. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how that works out. So how do things go in Saginaw state? Cause you coach, like we said earlier on the show, coaches that, that carousel that happens in, in college baseball, a guy goes here and a guy goes there. And then this it, it's at, cause you've been in how many different schools now? Like you're, Cause you're only been coaching since what, 2019 and then we had the COVID years and all that stuff. So you, mm -hmm. you couldn't, so you only been uh, doing it for about three, four years now and you're in your third school, correct? 
Yep, I am. So Saginaw Valley, um, Steve Jack's a great guy, um, guy that I still talk to this day. Um, baseball lifer, former head coach of Central Michigan, um, coached at the high school level, has coached, you know, by all means, like this guy, this, this guy's had a influence on many others. And it's like, he's like one of those guys like in the state of Michigan where like, he's the guy and here are the guys that have coached, you know, with him or under him. Yeah. So he, he's essentially like one of those like treetops, essentially. The family tree of baseball coaches go down and down on exactly. and on and on. Yeah. So you, you, you end up back at, uh, at Harper now where, where you're going now, like when do you guys start ramping things up a little bit? Like how's the, uh, how's the, the, the squad look so far? This, uh, your, your, it's your first year coaching there, correct? Uh, it's my second. Second, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's my first full year as the assistant. Um, so we're looking pretty good this year. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's funny how things always come full circle, right? You go to Harper, you do your circuit and then all of a sudden you find yourself back here. And it's like, you know, when, when Nelson offered me the um, volunteer position, I didn't hesitate because, or I mean, I did hesitate a little bit because I didn't have another offer, but he essentially pitched it this way. Like think of it this way. You are coming back to where, you know, you started, you're coming back to a place where, you know, you want to bring change to like, this is a, you know, it's like, you, you know, you really kind of like tap into where it's like, you know, you think you, and it's just like, you know, I want you to be a part of this vision because this is where I see Harper baseball being in the immediate future. And this is where I see Harper baseball being, you know, a few years down the line. And so I, you know, it's just like simply buying into that. It's like, you know, being an alumni, there's a little bit of extra, you know, oomph to it because you want to, you want to see your alma mater do great. You want to help, you know, bring in change to a program that you've been a part of really wasn't the best experience that you had, but you know, this is your opportunity to say, Hey, I played here. This is how things used to be. That's not how we're going to do things. We're going to do things this way and things are going to, you know, it's a night and day difference. Um, how does how does a guy who from Illinois and there's a thousand of these summer college leagues all over the world, all over North America? There, there's a new league popping up everywhere. There's a league. There's leagues that are folding as we speak right now. It's it's actually insanity the way that these this this is all happening. Teams folding, new teams popping up. How and so there's opportunities down in the United States of America. How does a guy end up in Swift Current, Saskatchewan of all places? I got to hear this one because these stories always make me laugh. Oh, well, it was, you know, I was planning going, I was either planning doing travel ball for the summer. Or I was planning doing summer ball. I just didn't know where. And one of my good friends, um, Chris Monroe, at the time he was uh, coaching at JUCO on Southern Illinois or in central Illinois. Now he's, um, now he's the recruiting coordinator over at St. Anselm in uh, the Massachusetts, in the Boston, Massachusetts area. He calls me up. He's like, hey, Swift Current's looking for a pitching guy. Like, I'm going to put your name in. I'm going to send your, you know, I'm going to send your contact info to Joey and Joey Jordan. And, you know, like the rest is history. (laughs) So, so, so it's, it's one guy looking out for another, 
but also like kind of like one of those things that come out of left field, kind of like how the coaching thing came up in the first place, just out of left field. It's like, you know what? You're on. And it is crazy. It's crazy how that all works out. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy too, because I had friends who had played in this league back when it was called the Wimble. Oh yeah. Um, I umpired in the Wimble years and years (laughs) and years ago. So I know all about it. Yeah. I mean, I had a couple of buddies who played for Melville when they were still around. Yeah. Um, I had a buddy who I had a couple of buddies who played for Fort McMurray um, in 2019, I believe it was. Yeah. And so it was. Um, so, so I so for I Mister Ray Brown. <laughs> out of yep. baby, out of buddy Ray Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was. Uh, so it wasn't like I was going in this completely blind. I literally like texted those guys. I'm like, hey, what's this league like? <laughs> you know, tell, tell tell me something about this league. The guy, the guy from Melville's like Saskatchewan's basically full of nothing, just little oasises here and there. But otherwise, like you know, it's just a whole bunch of planes. Um, the guys from the guys from uh, Fort McMurray, they're like, this is definitely your type of league. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> this day I'm wondering like. Okay, was it, were they just ribbing me, or were they uh, were they actually? Yeah, what, do, what do you mean by that? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Yeah, that's that's odd. <laughs> uh, when when you first get to Swift and, and you see the the, uh, the 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 creamsicle uniforms, what like those orange things? I I don't know how much I like those. What were your thoughts on the orange uniforms? Because I'm not gonna lie, I I I am not a fan of those things. Maybe it's because I'm a baseball traditionalist, but I, I'm not a fan of all those those uh, those orange uniforms. What was your thoughts when you first had to put those things on? I love them. I, I try. I encourage like we wear those things as much as we possibly can. Not even joking. At Harper, we even have like those type of really gaudy uniforms as well. So it's like, screw it. We might as well embrace this. We might as well say, screw it. We're gonna beat you. We're gonna look like a bunch of carrots, oranges. You know, inmates. Like the amount of chirps we got wearing those uniforms. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's a marketing thing, and it's 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 their thing. I get, I get, I get it. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just odd to look at. I mean, traffic cones. We we even like in certain parts, we even got called. We even got like NDP chirps too. So it was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Most of the Americans, I don't even know what that means, man. Like, I, I, sure, whatever. I don't know what that means. But yeah, go go for it. Uh, you had a pretty good year in Swift Curry. You guys finished third in the in the in the uh, in your conference or division. Uh, what were some of the the, the highlights of uh, Swift Current that you remember? Not actually. Let's, let's not even talk about baseball. What did you uh, like when you first get to Swift? It's a town of ten thousand or so, I think. When you first get there, because I think you're, you're from a town of about sixty, seventy thousand, correct? Yeah, rough and dirty. And so you get to Swift Current. There's ten thousand people, depending on how many mos- mosquitoes are in town that day. Uh, it's not. It's not a big place. It's it's a homey little town. I, I've I've uh, been, been there a thousand times. Uh, what was your first thoughts when you rolled into Swift Current, Saskatchewan? Man, I was excited. You know, be, you know, being near a major, being near a major city, whether it just be you know in the Midwest or even you know in the, one of the biggest cities in the United States. It's so nice to be in a smaller oasis in the middle of nowhere and, you know, much tighter community. I mean, I enjoyed it. So I was just like, yep, I'm going to love it here. I'm going to enjoy myself here, you know, enjoy whatever I can here. There's some good fishing spots up north over at the landing. So at least from what I heard, 
And so it was just like, yeah, it's going to be a fun summer. Who knew you'd come up with a Tim Hortons addiction uh, being in Saskatchewan and Tim Hortons everywhere, no matter what. It's uh, one of those things. Uh, let's get into the baseball end of things in Swift Current. Uh, what was one of the things that you, when you first started, uh, you, could, you get like two or three practice days before you, you, you got to uh, ramp your team up and get things going. Uh, you don't really probably have much of a choice on, on who the players are, are, are at that point. You just work with what you're given a lot of times what was one of your first thoughts before the season started like do you say okay this this guy's this guy can do this and this guy can do that like i said i didn't i didn't have you guys as an umpire last summer i didn't see swift so i i, I don't have any any uh, anything to say bad or anything good to say about the swift current uh, 57s because i didn't see you guys like i said but what were what were some of your the, your first thoughts some of your players like with going into the season you know we were a very young team. A lot of guys from the Southeast. Um, Joy Jordan's from the area, former head coach. Um, so he had recruited a lot of guys from that area. So there's a lot of Southern mannerisms that were brought out. Um, good ones. Very good ones. Great guys. Um, not- <laughs> You're going to watch how you say that? <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some things. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely some things. But, you know, what these guys brought to the table – I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a team mesh that quickly ever. Not, not even my own, like, you know, colleges that I've coached at or played at. Like, it was from day one. We all met each other. Because, um, like, we, we all met each other, like, maybe a day or two before we had to go on a road trip to Weyburn. And then we had to pick up a few. I drove separately because I had to pick up a few other guys. At the airport so, in China or wherever, yeah. Yeah, that was a. It was something to deal with, but we got, we, we figured it out. Um, and so, you know, we, we had, I mean, we had both games get rained out on the first two days. So we spent literally the whole season trying to make those games up and then some, that's why we played a double header to end the season. It was ridiculous that we had to do that, but oh, I, I get it. Everybody, everyone wants to get their, everyone wants to get their revenue. I understand it's a business, yeah. but, um, you know, it was, it was a, it was, you know, I was just like from the get go, I'm like, we got a great group of guys. I'm excited for this. And so, first game of the season, we ended up in so basically should have been the third game of the season. Uh, we play Regina. And so, we decide we're just going to go a bullpen game. We'll see where everybody's at. Um, and it was, you know, it, it was definitely an interesting, you know, way to see how got certain guys interacted with certain positions. Um, we tried, you know, we, we had, we had one guy leave after like third game. So it was like, um, you know, is what it is. I understand. I get it. But it's like, come on, man. Third game. Give it a shot. Yeah. Usually guys shot. leave with, with, with three or four games left because they miss their girlfriend or their girlfriend tells them they got to come home. Not, not three games in. They usually give it more of a shot than that. It's uh, no, it's uh, I, I enjoy doing, doing, doing that league. For some reason, there was a guy I, I posted on uh, our Facebook page about uh, you, you coming on the show. I, I, he must be, and I don't know the guy at all. He's just, uh, and a guy by the name of Jordy Dwyer. Uh, I think he's an umpire. He said, oh, I'm going to listen to this one. Did you have any uh, run-ins with, uh, with some, uh, with some umpires in the WCBL? Cause like, like I said, I don't, like I, I have a thousand interactions on the old Facebook machine throughout the, uh, throughout the day and the Twitter machine. So some guy by the name of Jordy Dwyer, like I, I don't yeah. know him personally, um, but I'm assuming there was, must've been some kind of a, uh, 
a negative interaction. I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm making an assumption and we shouldn't make assumptions, but I'm just saying, what, 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 what can you tell me about this one? Say, say whatever you want, man. It's, we're, we're, uh, you listened to our show a few times, so you say whatever you want here. Go ahead. Um, I mean, so Jordy was one of the umpires. He's part of the, what I, what I call the Regina Wayward crew. It, you know, it's just like one, you know, it's like any other league, like any other, like, even at the college level, like you've got umpires who are on top of things, you know, are professional from the word go are, you know, incredible. But like sometimes, like sometimes you, you deal, you, sometimes you're dealing with guys, like maybe this isn't like their like main thing. Obviously it's not your main thing, but like some guys, it kind of get, you got, you kind of get the wrong impression of some guys. Yeah. And it's just kind of like you kind of have like a you know shit relationship from the word go, and it's just like son of a gun, like really we're we're gonna go through this again. I have nothing bad to say um, about anyone. I probably have been a nap. I've been a nozzle. I will admit I have been a nozzle a few times. Um, it happens. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes sometimes you really gotta be the bad cop because you know. It, it, I mean, I I kind of get emo- I really get emotionally invested in these games. You know what? Even if it is just you know just summer ball, the way I view it, view it is like, hey, like this is my opportunity to like learn how to, you know, interact with umpires, to fight for my guys, to you know argue on their behalf and to defend them. You know whether or not they were acting like a nozzle or not. But yeah. I'm going to keep using that word. <laughs> it's, it's contagious. But, um, yeah. You know, it's just like, it's awesome to, you know, talk to those guys before games, be able to kind of like have conversations, get to know them a little bit better. I mean, I try to do the same thing with, you know, I do the same thing with our umpires back here. And it's like, you see, you see who's behind the plates. Oh, it's going to be good there. You look back, it's like, oh no. It's like, really? It's going to be a long day. (laughs) There, there are and it's, it is that it, it gets to that point where you, you you go in as a coach or even as an umpire and you go this is going to be a long one and you don't you don't know why but you just have a feeling and then it just uh it usually the games take care of themselves and guys get a little ramped up about about really small things like a missing a pitch in the in the third inning and that doesn't much matter and a guy gets really ramped up about that and it's it's funny the conversations that you have and a guy was mad in the third and by, by by the by the bottom of the third the guy even forgot what he was mad about like it's just funny how the game usually takes care of itself it it, it really does and i said it i had a conversation with uh, a coach here a few weeks back and we were talking about that same kind of thing and i said if it gets to a situation where where i made you think that i made a call that screwed you especially when it's uh, like maybe it's the bottom of the ninth and a guy slides it and i call him safe at home plate and there's no and he was out or whatever and maybe that's a situation with no 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 replay but if you think that i screwed you in the fourth and you lose a game 12-3 I'm guaranteeing you that's not my fault like it's not like if you lose 12-3 12-4 it's probably not the umpire's fault but the frustration can just go that way right it it just because we're we're umpires are easy pickings most of the time and and a lot of times like it's the uh the, the the ignore acknowledge warn eject thing I ignore Mm -hmm. more than anything I I make I might look over and whatever man like sure you're just you're, you're just popping off the sake of popping off do you find that? Yeah. And it, but like, also it's just like, you know, I understand, like I have umpired too. So I kind of understand like, you know, it isn't just like the importance of being on top of yourself from the word go, 
but it's also like, like you said, it's managing the different personality of coaches. It's managing, you know, the temperature of the game. Yeah. I'm sure you've had with, um, with, uh, what's his name? With, I, I've watched his, Dan Galante, I think it was, right? Yeah. Or John, Dan, John Galante. Yeah. John, John Galante. I'm yeah. thinking about the Trashers one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about the different one, but yeah. yeah. I watch, and it's crazy. I watch his videos all the time too, because it's like, okay, you still need to stay sharp. I still need to kind of like say like, okay, this is what, and even as a coach, it's like, you look at some of these things. It's like, okay, I should avoid this. I should try to avoid that as much as possible. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's an ever changing dynamic, Yeah. you know? So what you have game one, game two, wash, wash it right away. New relationship. How you doing? Good to see you again. Um, you know, good to have you back. All that stuff. Um, so yeah, so really it was it, it really was a it really was an experience. Um Jordy, if I was an absolute nozzle to you, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I was probably caught up in the game a little bit too much, but uh but I mean, you know, it, it's it was a lot of fun, especially whenever I got to work first base. Um as a coach, you know, getting to chat with umpires, getting to really get to know them and just kind of like, you know, shoot the stuff. I mean, you, you get to play, you get to play ball in front of a few hundred or a few thousand and you're all just like, they're on the field. Just kind of like, you know what? Let's just have a conversation. Let's have a good time yeah. as much as we can. Although if like, you know, probably, probably if I get the wrong idea or something, I might pop off a little bit, but I really tried. I really <laughs> Try my best to uh, stay as even killed as possible, but sometimes you just get caught up. Well, I, I, and I'd, <laughs> I'd rather, you know, and it's fine. Like, I'd rather have guys being invested and, and looking like they try. Cause they, like, you guys want us to go out there and be invested and, and put a bet, our best effort in and, and the like. It's just kind of funny how that how it can, can go south quickly. Like, I had that ejection early in the season with Regina, and I can't even remember the guy's name. Uh, the, not, not Jason, but the other coach, little guy. Rudy. 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 Yeah. I and love he, him. Yeah, great guy. Like he just he he's I I I made a call, whatever it was, uh, and he he was popping off from from third base as the coach, and he said something, and he was behind. Like if he would have walked in front of me and said something to my face, I would have went, yeah, whatever, man. But the way he went, he went behind me and then mumbled something just loud enough for, so I could hear it, and I I said, that's it, we're not doing this. It was the second inning or third? It was the second inning of the game, and I said I I knew right then I, if I didn't stop it. It was going to gradually get worse and worse and worse because Jason can be a bit ruthless. He's not going but coming back this year to Regina, but he can get going a little bit. And I thought if I don't do something here, I I, I never throw guys out. And I I said I I better make a stop at this now or it's going to get it's going to get ridiculous. I, we'll have a problem all night long. So it's funny when you just hit a guy at the right the right the right spot. Like if it was the eighth inning and he popped off, whatever, we're leaving here in 40 minutes regardless. Right. But I don't want to like, as, a, as an umpire, I don't want to have um, everything I do for the next two and a half hours being scrutinized. Cause that's, that's no fun for anybody. No, it really isn't. And you know, on a, on a coaching side of things too, it's just like, if I, if I'm a jerk to you for pitch one, I, I know for a fact, I'm probably going to go pretty soon here. You know, like John said, like we need to, later in the game is usually the time to do it. But even then, like pick and choose a time to be a jerk or really to be on somebody, but also it's just baseball, man. We're out here. Having, we're out. We're just out here trying to have a good time. 
Yeah, that's that's you know. just it. It's funny thing. Speaking of uh, good times, what uh, what were some of the most uh, the more memorable moments of your times on the field as a uh, as a coach of the Swift Current Fifty Sevens? So, um, one one of the biggest ones uh, I remember, I believe it was against Regina. It was either Regina or it was, uh, Brooks. Um, Brody Alexander uh, hit an absolute nuke to walk him off. And it was just the most electric, you know, it, it, it's like one of those things like you're just kind of sitting there like, don't pitch him this, don't pitch him this, you pitch him this, he's taking a yard. Woof. You just see it go and you're like, yep, that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> no, like the, the, um, who's that, that kid from Weyburn? He ended up getting signed on a pro contract not that long ago. He he did that in uh, in Lethbridge this year. I can't remember. Great big kid. He won the home run contest at the, uh, the All Star game. Nolan. Yeah, Nolan. yeah. He, call- he hit an absolute bomb against Lethbridge on a on a, a pitch. That I was like, oh man. As as it was coming down down the lane from the mound, I was like, that that isn't going to be coming back. And he, I was, oh, this isn't going to be good. And that 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 half a second when the, the baseball's traveling down the down the lane there i was like this is going to be hit a long way and i think that thing's still going like it because even the uh the commentators on the uh, home team live or something they said uh that thing's going right back to saskatchewan and it's going in the right direction my god it was crazy how that can that kid could hit he was a good player or he is <laughs> yeah, well, he got a pro contract right that's kind of how that works like, yeah i mean he had tremendous pop for you know it, it, it's incredible to see. I mean, you had Salazar from Medicine Hat who was just absolutely destroying anything he saw. Yeah. It, it, you know, and it was funny. I was talking with uh, their former head coach, uh, Tyler Jeske there, you know, and he's yeah. just like, dude, he doesn't leave. He doesn't go when he did. Medicine Hat's winning the league. Just on him. I'm like, but also it's like, you also kind of realize like that kid was also, you know, both those kids, they're game changers. Like they get a hold of one, you know, they get, you know, they grind down that bat, they get a big hit or they get on base. You, you already know that they're a threat no matter where, you know, no matter where they're on the base path. And now it just becomes just make sure he doesn't score. Yeah, and the thing, about, yeah, the thing about that, that like this this level of baseball or, or junior college or whatever it may be, uh, when you got a guy who's got some talent, that, that can be contagious and it can, it can help out the rest of the players on, on your squad because they 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 breed, they they react to that too and, and they and they want to build to that level as well and it, it can only help when you have really like a few like, like outstanding players on your team because the, the rest of the guys will work a little bit harder to get to that level when you got a bunch of uh schlubs who don't care a whole bunch that can be just as because negativity breeds negativity and when you got guys that aren't that aren't very good uh that 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 the trickle down is is pretty quick to go and it, like and it's hard to get get out of that in, in at any level of anything in life really yeah, and losing really just compounds things like tenfold, it seems, because, you know, we, we experienced it a few times where you kind of go on a little bit of a skid, and next thing you know, like, you're losing close ball games, and the next thing you know, you're getting, you know, absolutely clubbed 25-7, to 7, you know, on a day where nobody is feeling good, and it's just like, really, like, this is going on, and then you go on your Alberta trip, you're traveling all over this, you know, all over the place, and you can't seem to hit anything. You can't seem to get anything going for you guys. You know, that was, th- those are very frustrating. Like it's felt, it's, it's felt throughout the clubhouse. It sucks. Um, I, I remember like when actually during one of those skids, 
you know, during one of those skids, like the frustration was very real on my end too. Cause it's like, why can't we get anything going? Or it's like, you know, I'm, I mean, truth be told, you know, I take no pride in this whatsoever. I got launched. I got ejected on back-to-back nights. I wasn't even planning on doing it at all for the second <laughs> one. The second one, I wasn't even planning on it. Yeah. But it was, it was just, it was just sheer frustration. It was sheer, just kind of like, really, this is happening again. And it's just, just takes over. So where was that? You know, for, so first one was at Regina. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just tripping from the third, third base coach's box. First one. Um, I was, I was just really getting my stuff off because it was a high curveball that called that guy, guy rung up. We had a runner on second. I think we were up one and you know, we're, we're trying to score here and it's like, nothing seems to be going our way. One of those things, you know, kind of cascading downwards and all of a sudden we get rung up on a high breaker and it's like, what? Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's like you just get your stuff off. No, it it, ha- like, I, it happens absolutely, one hundred percent. It's it, it's it's and that's and that's one thing I actually don't mind about baseball, and that's why I, I don't like the uh, the robot ups that are coming out in and everything else. I don't because it, it takes away from the uh, the interaction of, of players and uh, coaches and umpires and, and fans alike. Because there's no there's no questioning anything anymore this is what it is that's it that, that's that's what it's going to be and it, it's too bad it's going to it, it's go, it goes that way uh what did you like about the wcbl the most the i mean aside playoff atmosphere aside it was an incredible experience you know getting to play in a packed moose jaw miller express game yeah that was one of the toughest games i think we've ever had to play it's like we were playing three opponents that night we had the fans the team and the umpires. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we just couldn't get anything going against them. Uh, they were they were t- they were a tough team to crack, really. Yeah. Um, you know that that team's going to be good for a little while, so long as Eric Marriott and uh, Gonzo, you know, and all of them are running the show, like. They're they're going to be good for a while. Yeah, I, I had them a few times this year. They seem like a pretty good group of guys, and they were uh, they didn't they don't talk a whole bunch like I because I did the uh, the final game of the uh, in the WCBL in Okotoks there that Moose Jaw was playing in, and I actually thought Moose Jaw was going to pull that off, but uh, I was on third, and I get a little bit not not, not yappy in a bad way, but I, I don't mind the odd conversation when I'm at third. You don't got a whole bunch to do over there most of the time, right? So I I don't mind talking. But they were they were business like and they and they got things going and they have a, yeah they got a good good squad there in, in Moose Jaw. There's no no getting around that. And they're, they're the people there they seem to back the team pretty well. And and it, like you say, it is a business. Having the and I was talking to Ron Shuchuk, umpire, be, right before that game, and Ronnie said like the amount of money that going to uh, into to a situation like that with uh, to you get an extra couple of playoff dates. Uh, you get 500 people at, at 10, 15, 20 bucks ahead or whatever it is. That's all of a sudden how much in, just in revenue plus beer sales and on and on. So like, having your team be, be successful can be quite uh, lucrative for the community or whoever owns it or whoever it might, might be. So yeah, having these teams that, uh, that, that can, can pack it and, and go deep in and having guys that are committed to staying the entire, the entire summer is huge because usually in that league, and I've been around it a long time, the team that has, the most players at the end of the year usually wins yeah absolutely and not only that but like the team that usually plays the best too best together like they they usually win it too yeah and yeah you know 
like Moose Jaw, they had they had easily a thousand, like for the playoffs. Yeah. Like even even the games, like you like even when they had clinched essentially their spot in the uh, in the playoffs. I think they got number second on like the last night of the season. But like leading up to the last games of the season, oh my goodness, it was impossible to play in. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, man, lighting aside, of course. Well, <laughs> but, there's uh, that. Yeah. With extra home cooking, but <laughs> I mean, you get you get a thousand fans behind you, you know. And you know, funny enough, the moose trout you speak of wasn't the moose trout we had to deal with all season. Like they were yapping, they were really? yapping. There was oh, yeah. one kid. There was one kid. He we he. Uh, I don't like. I like. I try not to actually learn these guys' names. I don't. I try not to get too personal with anybody when I'm out there. Like, hey, buddy, when they're hey, Brent, hey, John, whatever your name is, and because like. A catcher shakes my hand. I forget what their name is. By the time the first warm-up pitch gets thrown, I just got a lot going on in the old coconut. But there was one kid from Moose Jaw. I think he played shortstop or second base. I can't remember, middle infielder. Uh, he wore the big chain the whole bit, and he was a bit of a yipper. Like, yeah, I can't remember oh, his yeah. name. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He, I he know did, exactly who you're he talking did, about. He didn't mind telling everybody how great he was. There was no getting around that. Like, he was he was, oh. he was impressive. Good player. Like, a good, good little player. But, like, he oh, absolutely. just uh, – he – he liked himself a little more than anybody else did. That, that's for sure. There's no getting around that. And that and, and that's they, one thing about that about this league. You're still dealing with uh, college personalities, and like I'm I'm closer to 50 than I am 20, right? So uh, you're dealing with some personalities and kids who don't know outside of their own bubble. Like you said earlier on, you're a big fish in a small pond, and then all of a sudden you get out in the real world, like oh. Maybe I'm not that big fish, right? So you're dealing with these kids in the, the summer leagues and stuff. It is it is quite humorous. Uh, something that you didn't actually go for it. Uh, not, not everything is rainbows and unicorns. Uh, something you didn't like about the WCBL. I mean, I, I may I may have said something about it. It was probably the season length. I mean, 56 games. It's a little ridiculous. It's a lot. The the majority of college summer leagues in the states. They're ending by the first week. Like they're they're playing their playoffs and they're done by the first week of August. Because that's when everybody's going home. That's when everybody needs to go back to school. And it's like, you know, we're in the middle of August and we're just getting started with playoffs. Oh my goodness. Like, you know, we, you know, most teams are running with a skeleton crew. And it's just like, how how do we how do we how do we game plan for this? Because you know, going like I'm sure a lot of other teams felt like this, but it's just like I don't feel confident if we have we have enough pitching to, you know, safely get us through a three game set, let alone two more three game sets if need be. You know, not it isn't just like you know, three game set, and then you get a little bit of a break, and then you get another three game set, a break, and a three game set. You're rolling right through this. And the travel, how you got a game here and a game there, it's, it's like a junior hockey schedule. It's 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 quite and that and, and to a man, like that's what like the way you, you responded there is pretty much what everybody says that it's just it's too long. Like the Cape Cod League, they're in and out in six and a half weeks. See you later. We're done. Like the season's over. Yeah, it's a, you got a different level of baseball and everything else, but it's still it's still the same type of league, and they're in and out six weeks. See you later. And it's well, it's, it's it's over. And like the only other, the only league that can really pull it off is Northwoods League. Because they have such a big base they can draw from, and because they have that type of I think of the word it's escaping me. Well, but like they they essentially like have that you know they're they're known throughout the entire summer ball circuit. They're known from the who's who of the college baseball world. They are known, you know, 
Like it's gonna, it's a long grind of a season. It's like sixty some games. It used to be seventy something games. It was like seventy two games in seventy four days. And you run and playoffs is a three game set, a one game set, one game championships, one game, and then you're done. That's ridiculous. So it's like, <laughs> but like in the travel, the travel is ridiculous. It's it's just as comparable as the WCBL because you're you know you could be going from Fort Mac all the way down. You know you could be going from um, St. Cloud all the way down to, you know, middle Wisconsin. That's, that's a heck of a drive. That's like a six hour drive. Yeah. And it's like, or, you know, you've got a game in a team in Michigan, Kalamazoo Growlers, and they have to go all the way to Duluth, Michigan. They either have to go through the UP in Michigan or they have to swing right around Lake Michigan and go all the way through Indiana, Illinois, all the way through Wisconsin, just to get it to, you know, Duluth. And it's a hell of a drive. It just shows it just goes to show how much of a money maker it actually is, right? If they're if they're if they're, there's this many guys uh, signing up to to own teams and and the like, there must be some some money because uh, in general, rich people don't like losing money, and if, so there must be money going into this to to have that kind of a travel schedule and the like because it's uh, that that's that that's a lot, man. And, and you haven't like I like we said earlier, having these kids start their their college seasons in September, they're, they're rolling right, and you don't get any time off. And that's that's one thing I like. There was a couple kids because they're starting to take uh, live BP here in Lethbridge. And so we went and saw some pitches last week and we're talking to some, some guys playing and I'm like, aren't you tired, man? He goes, yeah, a little bit. And it's, and it's February because yeah. CBL, like the, 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 the CCBC season happened and then jumped right. They got three days off WCBL season happened and then right into fall ball. Cause that they had, cause if you play to the, uh, like the, the final was the 17th, I think of the um, WCBL this year of August. And then, bing you get two weeks off and you're right back in it again and two weeks isn't enough like no matter what like if you're an athlete or, or, or you're still a kid and you want to enjoy your summer a little bit right you want to go out and have a good time and and whoop it up a little bit or whatever you want to do but it, it's a it's a lot it's, it's like do these leagues are the kids want to play i get it and i like going out there and umpire and i get it and you like coaching i get it but at some point you you don't mind putting the uniform away for a little bit and saying i i can't right now you know, just, just yeah. you need a little time off between the ears more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you and Jake have talked about this, you know, a little while back. Um, essentially, you know, this is about as close to pro ball as a lot of guys are going to get. So this right here, you know, this league in general, you know, they're going straight from their college season. They might get a week or two off and then they're going into the WCBL season and it's another 56 games, you know, and, Thankfully, we have a lot more off days. You know, we're able to have days where we're just say like, hey, if you want to get work in, you can show up at the ballpark. One of us is going to be there. Otherwise, R&R, like big R&R day. Just sleep in, go hang out with your billet families. And oh, lost it. up. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, the R&R days. What, what? Let's say if you if you got an R and R day in beautiful Swift Current, Saskatchewan, what would uh, your R and R day entitle? Oh, so some of us would be going to the pool, one of the local pools, um, probably probably hanging out, um, probably hanging out with some of the local restaurants. Uh, one of my one of my personal favorites, uh, one of my personal go to spots was uh, Acropole, and then if it was like an after game type of thing. 
I'd usually go to the original Joe's because it's like one of the only places open. Places open. Past <laughs> it's open. open at that time of day. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's open till like two, three in the morning. So it's like it's one of the few places I can actually go, kind of be by myself and just you know have a drink or two and have some food. And just What's that one downtown and- Buffalo? Buffalo. Buffalo oh. Beer Brew House or something, Buffalo Brew Pub or something, or Bison yeah, Brew, Brew Pub, Pub or yeah. something. Or, yeah. yeah. yeah I've, I've been there a couple of few times, but yeah. No, Swift Currents is a nice one. I, I shouldn't poke fun, but everybody pokes fun at Saskatchewan. <laughs> uh, your bill of families, they, they, they put up with you. You're, you're in and out of the house. You're probably not there a whole bunch, but what are they, what's, what, what do bill of families mean to uh, the, the summer leagues uh, right, across, right across the world? Like the, the, they, they, cause they got to put up with a lot because those kids are mm-hmm. in and out and they, and they eat like horses when they are there. Then uh, <laughs> they, the bill of families don't make a ton of money off it uh, or, or any actually by the time you, 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 you feed these, these horses or grow, growing boys. Uh, what do bill of families mean? And how is your bill of family in, uh, in the big town of Swift current? You know, the Bill families, like any other, you know, part of the, of any organization, they're, they're the lifeblood of, you know, every organization because, you know, they provide that home away from home feel, you know, you know, a lot, a lot of our, you know, few, I've uh, found out a few of our guys are returning back to Swift Current and they're getting some of their old billets back. So, you know, to them, you know, it's a bit of an emotional connect connection. It's building that relationship. It's, it's it's about being a family away from you know somebody else's family because i mean we all we all miss our families we all miss home we all miss our girlfriends we all miss you know i don't know if anyone was married but i doubt it i it might, might be now after summer's fifth curry you never know what could happen no exactly <laughs> but um you know that's that's the beautiful thing about that town is that like everyone's so closely connected to, with each other you know, billets are found, you know, friends with, you know, some of the billets are friends with each other. So it's like, you know, it, it, it's a very nurturing community and, you know, we're, we're very thankful to have some awesome billets. So me and Joey's billet, um, he was at, he's actually a school teacher uh, in town, single guy, but had a couple extra bedrooms in his basement and more or less, um, you know, it was a, it, it was a good experience. It was a great experience. Um, he took good care of us. Um, you know, and then, well, we actually spent a little bit of time house sitting. So every so often his mom would come in, she'd bring us food. She'd bring us, you know, stuff that we need, but we were just taking care of the house uh, for a little bit, uh, second half of the season where we did most of our traveling, but it was, a it was a good experience. Um, you know, and it's, it's one of those things like, I wish I had a built family when I was in, Saginaw, because I was stuck up in one of the uh, dorms over at Saginaw Valley State. Oh, that's it's a really nice, nice dorm. But I was living, but you know, it was, I mean, everybody's experience is different, but getting to, you know, have that family away from home to be able to, you know, have a nice bed to sleep, nice to have, you know, warm, you know, a meal ready for you, or, you know, doors unlocked and, you just need to walk in, be quiet, and make sure you know the kids don't wake up. But it's it's a very tight knit community, and you know, I and it's and it's awesome to have a relationship with a lot of the billets that um, that we did have. You know, it's 
you know, that's really how I got these suckers. <laughs> <laughs> getting candies, getting things still sent. No, it's, it's good. Like every, you oh, yeah. gotta have a, a like a good, a good commitment from from the community to to make these things work. Because like some places get great great crowds, and they they depend on these billet families to house the kids. Uh, Lethbridge, they they run things a little bit differently here. They end up having a lot of local kids. To, I think they try to save a couple of bucks on on the one side by not having to pay for it, right? So they get a lot more local guys playing for their team, uh, which may or may not be the the most the most wise decision on the baseball field, but off the baseball field i'm sure it's there's a financial reason behind that that's just my opinion i'm, I'm entitled to it anyways uh yeah wc no it's great uh how many kids do you like when you're like you're getting into your season rolling there uh out, and uh with the hawks you're ready to get ready to get going do you already have coaches contacting you to say hey do you got any kids that might want to be playing uh summer league somewhere you don't got to name any kids or any coach if you don't want to but it, it, is that is that stuff going all year round where you're contacting guys or asking your players, Hey, do you, do you want to go play summer ball somewhere? Cause I have some connections. I might be able to, to hook you up somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, we, I mean, for a lot of our guys, it depends on how much they play this year. Um, some of them are, some of them are nursing, you know, nagging injuries. So it's just kind of like, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes uh, throughout the season. Um, one of, one of, one of, you know, I tried to get, you know, I was hoping to get one of our guys uh, into um, the WCBL because when I, when I was talking about my experience running joke, Canada K wall, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it was, uh, you know, and it's like the, the way it made it sound like it was like this magical land, you know, you get to play in, you know, cathedrals, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, even in Saskatchewan's like they have some really nice ballparks. Yeah, they have some. You know, it's 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 a small small ballparks I really like because, I mean, this the small town ballparks to me just have a little more intimate feel to it. But like then you go over to the Alberta side, and all of a sudden you're playing in former you know affiliate place. You know, place that used to be affiliated with Major League Baseball. You used to you play in essentially cathedrals built to you know built to the love of baseball out there, you know, and a lot of WHL teams are out there too. So it's like, there's only two seasons out there. WHL season, WCBL season or WCL season. So it's like, you know, lies like, you know, lies towns, lies cities. I mean, everything, there's always something going on and it's awesome. Yeah, like you, like I, I've been, I've been around Lethbridge my entire life. I spent some some years in a hat there, but I remember going back in the uh, in the in the late seventies, early eighties. That's how old I am. But watching the Lethbridge Dodgers play at Spitz, which was Henderson Stadium back then, and so that and that's a long, long time ago. And the stadium's still kicking around. They've had had some recent renovations last few years, and and then you, like you talk about in, in uh, the the new the new ballpark that they got there in uh, Sylvan Lake, and then Okotoks, how they've grown there, grown their their facility and their program over the years. Yeah, it's it's something else to behold. Regina's uh, they're voting on whether they're going to get a, get a new stadium built out there to to host their team. There's some some problems around the league on the business side of things, but we won't dwell on that negative stuff. Uh, I would like to see you back this summer, if we're not, or because I wouldn't mind uh, having the Jordy experience. See if you come back to WCBL and maybe me and me and Jordy will do a game together and see what's going on there and then maybe i'll get the full the full meal deal who knows uh jordan if you're listening to this you're awesome man keep it up like he, he start, i mean okay only one thing he started off pretty rough in the season but as the season got on, he got tremendously better so yeah. you know and that's something that really like that's that's all it matters like you you i mean start of the season nobody really cares how 
horrible you do. Nobody really cares. It's when you get into like the middle end parts, like, okay, yeah. there's an improvement here. Like things have been going well, like, Hey, great job. Man. So nothing but good things to say about yeah, it. Jordy follow, follows the show and follows us on, on Facebook and the, and the, the, the Hey Blue podcast and everything else that we got going on there. So that's just why I thought I'd bring it out. Cause he said he's going <laughs> to tune into this one for sure. Uh, last question I got for you before we get into the, uh, to play some pepper, uh, Ron Shuchuk. The, uh, the the great Ronnie Shuchuk, uh, he's he's known my family forever from back in Manitoba, uh, and I just met Ron a few years back. But what's your uh, your thoughts on old old Ronnie? He's a pretty humorous guy. What what's your thoughts on Ronnie? <laughs> Me and Ronnie had some funny we had some funny interactions uh, in our time. Um, you know he he's a, he's a pro's pro. He you know he's he's on top of things from the word go. Like you said, he's a pro's pro. He's on top of things. He keep he keeps the flow of the game moving along. He really, you know, he he really cares about getting the calls right. He really cares about you know making the tough calls because at the end of the day, you know, like whether or not like oh shoot, where was I going with this? But <laughs> yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie's a great guy. Um, high praise, you know, he, 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 you know, he's definitely a face. I'm excited. I was hoping to see, uh, this, I'm hoping to see this, uh, upcoming summer. So no, I uh, I, 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 I I worked a few games with Ron this summer. He was out in Saskatchewan, and I was out in Alberta out this way. So I didn't get to see Ron nearly as much as I, as I hoped. But uh, yeah, he's a he's a he's an interesting character. There's no getting around that. One of the one of the good ones in WCBL. Are uh, you ready to play some pepper? Yeah. Well, actually, one last word about hey. Ronnie. He's a, he's a great mentor. You know, he's, yeah. he's a guy, you know, I'd say if, if there was a, um, you know, kind of like an umpires, like, you know, if there, if there was like a team of umpires that would go around game to game, you know, kind of grading umpires, like this is what you did well, this is what you didn't do well. Ryan should be the head of that. Like that's been disgusting. Really like not, not to get him off the field. Cause not that he's old, but that's been discussed. It's something that, that's missing around our, our league is that having some evaluations and having, okay, you're doing this right. You're doing that right. Are uh, you doing this wrong? Whatever it is. Uh, and it's been discussed to have a guy like that, that, that set up to, to travel around a little bit. We had a guy a couple of years back uh, that, that did do that, but there wasn't much being said. Like it was kind of the, and the, like, there's, there's one thing to hear something from your partner because your partner will say it over and over again and, and you blank it out because when the guy's working the game with you, you well, it gets into a pissing match. Well, yeah, you, you fucked this up and you did this one. It kind of gets that way with umpires when you're having a beer after the game. Uh, but when somebody uh, like a, an external voice goes out and says something to you, 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 you tend to listen to that a little bit more than the guy that you're on the field with. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he's a recognizable face around the league. So, you know, when Big Ronnie's in the house, you know, you you know it's going to be a very it's going to be a very professionally called game, and it's going to be a it's going to be a smoother game than you know some others. But yeah. you know, so that so that would definitely be that would definitely be one thing I'd say. League definitely needs to do that is have essentially an umpire evaluator kind of going around every so often checking up on things because I understand like there's a big short you know. We're experiencing the same thing here in the States as far as umpire shortages go. And so, you know, when I, when I was talking with some of the umpires, we had some guys from like Lethbridge, we had some guys from, you know, Brooks, you know, Brooks area and all that stuff. So it's like, you know, like getting to meet them and all that stuff, but it's like talking to them. It's like, 
yeah, I was a level two and, uh, you know, they need umpires. So I decided to take this like by day I'm, you know, or my main job is, you know, I work out in oil sands, yeah. you know, but this is kind of like, you know, I work in oil sands and I come straight to, you know, back home and now I'm, you know, now I'm calling games. And so, you know, yeah. for, so, so it's just like, I get it, you know, he's a level two guy, but he was a level two guy that really called the game really well. So it was like, you know, I couldn't tell if it was a level two guy or level one guy or, you know, whatnot. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, there's definitely the shortage everywhere and we're trying to fix that in our area, but it's, it gets pretty tough because, uh, and you, you don't want to throw guys in situations where they're going to fail or, or I shouldn't say fail, not succeed is a better way of putting it. And then they, they don't want to come back out and do it because they had a rough night and everything else. So you, you really got to watch, uh, the, the, the games that you get, you, you do give guys because, um, Sometimes players and coaches and fans and parents can be a little bit ruthless and some guys can't just turn the, uh, the old rabbit ears off a little bit. Right. So it can get a little bit tough at times. And it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's a labor of love for most of us, because like, we, we're not getting rich doing it, but no, it's, it's a lot of fun being out there. And like I said before, you, you probably heard it on our show a time or two that, uh, in general, most of the games take care of themselves. And in general, it's, it's, it's 85 to 90% great feedback and everything else. And nobody really even knows you're out there, but it's at that 10% of the, not even like it's 5% of the crap that you put that you're like, why am I doing this? And you hear about uh, other people go, yeah, when they're, especially when you get younger guys and they're like, why, why would I do this when I can go skip the dishes for a few hours and make more money or whatever it could be. Yeah. It's just one of those things with umpire and, and the, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's a thankless job. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we have, you know, we have one of the most unique dynamics in terms of, you know, sporting. I'm sure the only, the only one, the only other one I can really think of is hockey, maybe where like, you know, coach might be getting his stuff off or captain might be getting his stuff off to, to a ref. And it's like, you, you get your stuff off. Okay. You got your system. Okay, good. Let's go play. Yeah, he's okay. Are you done? Okay, good. Because so because and that was one thing. Like actually, me and uh, Todd Hubka, coach here, we, we were talking about that last week about how things are a little bit different around um, Alberta compared to BC. Whereas, like here in Alberta, the coach tells you f off, you tell him to f off back, and it's it's done. It's over. Whereas, whereas in BC, I guess it's just relentless. Like it's nonstop, and and so umpires seem to have a, a quicker trigger out there from what I've been told. Uh, it's just a, a funny thing. Like the fuck you. Fuck. Okay, good. See you later. And then, and then it's over. See ya. <laughs> no, it's just like, okay, you, you, are you done? I'm done. We're good. I'll see you next inning. Whatever. So anyways, uh, let's get into uh place in pepper. Best player you ever played with. So this was from when I was younger, but this is a kid who grew up and he is now in the Oakland A's system. Um, Brett Harris, uh, he is a local kid, uh, from Wellington Heights, went to a rival high school and I had the misfortune of playing against him. I own him still, but, um, one of the most physically talented kids I've seen and he's moving up in their, uh, farm system quite nicely. So he's only a few steps away from the show. So it's, I'm excited for him. Um, can't wait to see what he does, you know, this upcoming season. And playing in Oakland, you're going to get a chance because they don't like paying people. So he'll get he'll, he'll get a chance early, right? Like it's just one of those things because they, they they tend to get rid of their talent and bring guys up maybe sometimes a little quicker than they should sometimes there in Oakland for, for financial reasons. Uh, longest home run you ever gave up? Who hit it and where was it? 
Oh my goodness. So I, I love these stories. Many, I love these I didn't, I didn't give up that many home runs. So the home runs stick a little bit uh, more in here. Yeah. Um, so I was in college summer league, Saginaw. We were playing against the uh, Lake Erie Monarchs. Long story short, I'm facing this lefty catcher from uh, Boston College. I can't remember his name. Um, I throw him 0-2 sinker that didn't sink. It just kind of hung over middle-middle. As soon as I hit him, I'm like, oh, oh. And then <laughs> I see a woof. I, I'm not even joking. I don't think that ball's landed. Right on. That, oh. that ball is not – that ball was sent to orbit. I just didn't bother looking at it. I'm just like, please, ball, ball. Yeah. Like you, you wonder, like sometimes you, you hear these stories about the pitchers and everything else who, who hit them, and then but the guys, the guys who hit them, if they, if if that's their 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 most memorable home run too, because you wonder if they they line up in the universe that way. It's it always makes me laugh when guys talk about that. Uh, most embarrassing that thing that ever occurred to you on a baseball field? Um, it wasn't. So I was in high school, and I was about ready to pitch. It was a very windy day that day, um, playing wise at least most embarrassing thing. Um, as I go on my windup, I'm like about ready to deliver a pitch. All of a sudden this gust of wind blows me over and I just I fall right on the mound. And everyone's like looking at it. Everyone's like, Sarah, all of a sudden everyone starts bursting out in laughter. Yeah. I'm just like laying there and just like, come on, don't show your face. Don't show your face. Get right up. You need to get right up right now. Just dust it off. You know, act like nothing happened. But everybody knew exactly what happened. Yeah, and when you're when you're it, when you're in that age, uh, when when bad like when embarrassing thing happened, it, it hurts a little bit more. When you get older and you fall down, it's like, oh, whatever, I don't care. Laugh at me if it's whatever. <laughs> but when you're young and you're not really sure about who you are yet in, in this world, and that stuff happens, it's it's not a good thing. Uh, one more: Should the Black, the Chicago Blackhawks liquidate the assets and uh, and start over and quit winning hockey games? Man, the really hard hitting one. Um, at least make at least make it look convincing. Right now we're in a good spot. Um, you know, bottom four. We're last, I think. So keep it up. Uh, and you know, and it's it's like one of those things where you haven't seen a team this objectively bad since right after the lockout. So it was it was right when uh, the Hawks got Kane and Taze, and it was just like you know we. I don't know how the heck we managed to get them, but <laughs> yeah, worked out know, well. It really did. But it's like you, you look at you look at there was a time in Chicago where it was just like very embarrassing hockey. You got a cheap owner who won't even televise home games, and no one was going. And the United Center seats 20,000, 20,000 plus, right? So and no exactly. one's going. And tickets were five bucks. That's how really? cheap things were. I didn't <laughs> they know that. Were, they were five bucks. I, I went there. I went there in the days of like Jocelyn Tebel, um Eric Daze, uh, <laughs> Alexi Jamnov, exactly. Yeah. Alexi Jamnov, like that, that was probably like the Andrew coin. Yeah. Like, and it was just like, you, you look back and that, like, you know, that's a little kid going to a hockey game was just fun. Going to a baseball game, fun. I didn't care who was playing. Um, but like looking back, I was like, Thankfully, it's not that level of bad where you've got like maybe ten thousand showing up on a good day. Yeah, but it you know when you see about a twenty five percent drop from the previous season in attendance, 
uh, red flags everywhere. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, the Hawks, I, I think best case scenario for them, if, if they can uh, tank the season, trade for some assets, maybe get, give Kane a chance to go and win a Stanley Cup and then bring him back. I think that would be a best case scenario. Uh, if they can convince uh, Jonathan Taves to maybe retire, I think that might be a good option because he, he, his, his best days are way behind him. I think there's still, still some, some, uh, there's still a lot of game in, in, in Patrick Kane's uh, life. I bring in, but getting rid of him, getting some assets, re-signing him, and then get Bedard, uh, and then uh, Kane can can kind of play with Bedard for a couple of years and see where that mm-hmm. can go. And then Chicago might actually have a chance in in a couple three years. Because by all accounts, this this but this Bedard kid's the real deal. Oh, like, absolutely. They're, like they're, they're talking organizational changing kind of player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was watching the World Juniors just like every other, you know, yeah. I mean, anyone, any other person who follows hockey religiously, um, although my team just so happened to be Team USA, <laughs> that was, uh, I, I, I lost quite a bit of money. Well, I mean, I, I owe a few friends a few favors for uh, losing to Canada, so yeah. I can imagine. Um, I, I had to wear my, I had to wear um, one of my Canada t-shirts bandana had my glasses just and i had a goatee just like for one whole practice and it was nice. just like <laughs> nice best I mean, one ever in hockey it's, it's canada usa now there's no doubt about that exactly and it's just a matter of is it going to be a semi-final match or is it going to be a finals or a gold medal match it's never it's never a bronze medal match it's always going to be yeah. semi-final or gold medal there's no in between uh We'll get you going out of here, Adam. You got a, you got a practice to run right away here. I'm assuming, but uh, what do you think of your Harper Hawks this year? What where, what do we know about the Harper Hawks? Who's a uh, one guy to maybe look out there in the future that uh, and and who actually who's had in in your opinion the guy that you guys got got in the fall? Who's had the most improvement from the fall to right now? Who's the one guy that you go that that kid's putting in his time, and I'm kind of proud of him. I, I, I and I'm looking forward to see where he can go. Who's the one kid? Let's answer that one. Uh, the one kid I'm really excited about, um, Nick Castro, Castro I am not going to butcher his name <laughs> because he, you know, he, he's, a, he's, um, so he's our shortstop came into us. He, he's already, he was already a physical specimen. Um, but from where he was last spring to when he showed up in the fall to now, you know, as far as the, you know, hitting wise, he's starting to hit the ball a lot harder. He's starting to hit the, you know, he's starting to see more. You know, he's always been the guy that um, grinds out at bats. He'll take a hit by pitch. So, like, we usually have either top or bottom of the lineup because he's a guy that can turn it over, and he's a guy that can get on base, and a guy that we can, you know, score from second, you know, on a base hit. So, he, he's a guy to look out for. Um, pitching, um, pitching-wise, uh, Jermaine Salcedo, um, if I had to pick one. He wasn't, he wasn't with us last year, um, but, or he wasn't, he was with us, but um, he wasn't eligible, but I'm excited to see what he does in the game. He's, he's got some really good tools. Um, I like out of a starting pitcher. He's got, he's got one of the gnarliest sinkers I've seen in my life. I mean, that thing has some extra fuzz behind it. So yeah. it's, uh, it's good. And then um, not, not a dark horse candidate, I got to say, is Sean Lacey. He's a guy like we we convert from an outfielder. We convert two guys from an outfielder. One's a lefty, one's a righty. Um, lefty was the one I tried to get in the league. Um, he's going to be great for us. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table this year. 
last year, he just kind of took the, um, we, we, we approached him like literally around this time last year. It's like, Hey, we really only see you like, you know, joining the, joining the bullpen with us. Like we need extra arms. We are in desperate need of arms. Like, will you be willing to run with this? He's like, absolutely. Took that ball, ran to the house. So um, he's, he's going to be a guy to look out for. Beautiful. No, that's good. It's good to see these guys when you, they put the work in and, and, and when they're young and they're enthusiastic about it and they're not just putting in and wasting your time and, and their own time. And when they, they, when they see a little bit of improvement and then they, they want to keep going, it's, it's a good thing to watch when you're on the ball field, like, like, like you are all day, every day. And I'm, I'm there pretty much all the time now too. So it's, it's, it's fun to watch those things and see how guys progress. Adam, thank you very much for joining us on the, uh, the, uh, the uh, foul tips podcast, the Hey Blue podcast, we're going to call this one. It was uh, great talking to you. And like I said, if you can get back up to the WCBL or maybe I'll find a league that you're working, you're working in uh, maybe next, next year. And we can uh, have a, a Jordy Dwyer situation and go from there and, and see where we can't take that. Make sure get it up on YouTube or something and see if we can't put on a show for, for the, for people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, by the way, that kid's name is Brandon West. He is the funniest dude I have ever had to coach. He is the definition of a left-handed reliever. He's a weird kid, but hats he, crooked he a little bit all the time it. and everything else. This is the way they are. They, they, can't, they, they put that's their hats crooked, on. They put their hats on and lock them for some reason. Like the sun's gonna go. I don't know. It's it's odd, but it's lefties. They're 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 a certain breed. Adam, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, yeah, we'll get get this out there as soon as we can and uh, share it with all your friends and family and the like. And and get, and get we'll get the good word of the uh, the Harper Hawks. Here we go. Oh yeah, absolutely. And okay. By the way, he, he doesn't he doesn't like the crooked hat. He's got a mullet though. He rocks the that's mullet. E- that's even better. That's <laughs> even better. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Like I said, and uh, yeah, good luck to you guys in the future. And we'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks, man. Thank you very much for having me, man. No problem.